So today is the second Sunday of Advent, and our theme for this Advent season is a messy journey. Today is about planning and preparation. Now, we've all been there and done that, whether it's for a family meal, a trip across country, remodeling the house, whatever the circumstances, life takes planning and preparation. Some of us enjoy the planning and preparation, while others not so much. You can probably guess in the Thorpe household who enjoys the planning and preparation. By the way, no, it is not, Phil. For any of those who guessed that, you guessed incorrectly. So, by the way, that skit wasn't entirely true of Phil and me. I don't walk around the house with a clipboard in hand, okay? We'll leave it at that. There is little in life that doesn't require some sort of planning and preparation on our part. We plan and pre prepare our meals every day, what we're going to wear, the roads that we were going to take to get here today. Some plans are easy, while others are more complex. For example, we go to school for 12 or more years to plan and prepare for our life's career. We plan where we will live and where we will work, and we even plan and prepare for our future when we are no longer working. This also includes, the planning and preparation also includes our dreams and our desires. We hope to have a home someday and perhaps travel or have a family. Whatever it is, planning and preparation is simply a necessity of life. Now, as I said, our Advent series is entitled A Messy Journey, and last week, Pastor Allie started us off with the, the decision, the decision that Mary had to make to be the Lord's servant and carry the Son of God within her. A tough decision for someone to make, especially at her age, estimated to be around 13 years old, and in a culture in which she lived. The possible ramifications for that decision of being obedient to God were steep. Today, I want to focus on Joseph. He too had to make a decision whether or not to obey God, but Joseph's journey involved a lot of planning and, pre and preparation as well as the decision. Now, many times, Joseph gets an honorable mention at Christmas. Um, although he isn't front and center in the story, he plays a major part in the birth and the life of Jesus. God chose Joseph for several reasons. Now, first, his ancestry was from the line of King David. Since royalty depends on your lineage, it was important to establish that Jesus had rights to the throne of David. Genealogy is very important to the Jewish people, as it is to many. But for the Jewish people, their lineage determines which tribe, which, which tribe of the nation they belong to, and what their rights of inheritance were to be. 
Jesus, being the adopted son of his earthly father, Joseph, became part of the lineage of King David, thus fulfilling the prophecy from Isaiah. For us, for to us a child is born and a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace." Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. God promised that David's throne would always have an heir to sit upon it. This is important because David's throne represents God's governance over the nation of Israel. So Joseph's lineage was one of the reasons that God chose him. I believe another one is that Joseph was kind and compassionate. Joseph was betrothed to Mary. Betrothal back then is similar, it may be today in the Jewish, in the Jewish faith, but um, betrothal for them would have been about the same as what our marriage vows are today. The only difference is they don't go and live together right away. There may be about a year from the betrothal until they are husband and wife where they live together and the marriage is consummated. So because... They had spoken these marriage vows. The only way to get out of the betrothal was through divorce. Verse 19 of today's scripture says, Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. What a powerful verse this is because it speaks volumes of Joseph's character. To begin with, can you imagine what Joseph must have got, what he was thinking about when Mary told him that she was pregnant and no less it was the son of God? What was running through his mind, do you think? He must have worried about what people would think of him. Not that any of us ever worry about what others think of us. How they would respond to him and to Mary. All the plans he had made for them together to build a home and a life with Mary. Plans and dreams now shattered by the news of her pregnancy. But what was his response? He didn't want to expose her to public disgrace, so he decided to divorce her quietly. This was a tremendous act of kindness and compassion toward Mary. You see, if a woman, during her betrothal, became pregnant, it was considered adultery, and that was punishable by death. Joseph could not bear the thought that this could happen to Mary, so he had come up with an alternative plan. But God had a different plan in mind for Joseph. 
The angel of the Lord came to Joseph in a dream and told him to take Mary as his wife, for the child which she was carrying was indeed the holy child of God. The angel of God told Joseph that he was to name him Jesus and that he would save his people from their sins. Now what do you think was going through Joseph's mind when he woke up for the dream from this dream? I think the first thing I would think would be, uh, was that real? Do you think he questioned that? Do you think he wondered if he was up to the task that the angel set before him? You see, by, saying, by staying with Mary, Joseph was accepting the responsibility for this child and taking on the possibility of being shamed because it was not his child. Knowing this, he still chose to take Mary as his wife and Jesus as his own son. Little did he know that one day, Jesus, his son, would take on the shame that did not belong to him, and he would bear burdens that he did not earn. What an example Joseph set for his son Jesus and for us today. The scriptures tell us that Joseph did as God instructed. He didn't have to think about it and mull over it for months. He just did it. He was a faithful and obedient man of God. Another reason why God chose Joseph. Now, in our women's Bible study, we are studying the book of Jonah. Jonah is a great example of what happens when you don't listen to God. So if you remember the story, uh, God told Jonah to go to Nineveh, and he didn't want to go to Nineveh. So he boarded a ship, and what happened? A big storm happened, and what happened to Jonah? He got swallowed by a whale. Boy, that sounds delicious, doesn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. He sent that great fish in order to get Jonah's attention. God gets our attention one way or another. Maybe you've experienced God nudging you to do something, but you try to ignore it, most likely because it's something out of your comfort zone or it's not what you had planned to do. Have you ever had such an experience where God was trying to get you to do something to get your attention? Oh, okay, I see a few heads shaking. Every head should be shaking. Oh, yeah, God has told me, yeah. Now, everything in our lives doesn't always go as planned. In fact, I would say that more things don't go exactly as we plan than they do, than the things that do. Have you ever heard the joke, I made plans and God laughed? Mm -hmm. Sometimes it feels like that, doesn't it? You see, it's not really about our plans, is it? It's about God's plan for us, what he plans for our lives. His word tells us in Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not to harm you, to give you a future 
with hope. God didn't plan to harm Mary and Joseph when asking them to take on this miraculous journey. God specifically chose Mary and Joseph for the task. Now, God changed Joseph's plan for marriage to Mary, but this wasn't the only change that God had in store for Joseph. If you remember, when it was time to go to Bethlehem for them to be registered, uh, I'm assuming that Joseph planned that they would stay in a nice hotel somewhere. And uh, what happened? They were in a stable. Again, plans changed. It was the only place available. And Joseph planned to return home after the birth. But an angel of the Lord came again, and he changed his plans again. And he said, you need to take Mary and Jesus to Egypt to escape the wrath of King Herod. So they did. And then he was told again, you need not return to where you came from. You need to go and live in Nazareth a town where he did not originally plan to build their home or to live. At every turn, Joseph's plans were changed, but his faithfulness and obedience to God never wavered. He let go of his plans and followed the plan God set forth. Through the faithfulness and the obedience of Mary and Joseph, the prophecies of the Old Testament for telling the birth of the Messiah were fulfilled. If he would not have listened and changed plans. Now we know very little about Joseph after the birth of Jesus, but we can surmise a few things. We know that he was a provider and a teacher for Jesus. As Jesus' earthly father, he would have provided food, clothing, shelter, and teaching him life lessons. Joseph, being a carpenter by trade, taught those same skills to Jesus. We know this because in the Gospel of Mark, Jesus is identified by the people as a carpenter. But since Jesus is, or excuse me, Joseph is not mentioned in the scriptures during Jesus' ministry or at the time of his crucifixion, it is believed that Joseph had already passed away by the time Jesus started his ministry. Joseph's example of kindness and compassion, faithfulness and obedience to God would have been taught to Jesus by Joseph as he was growing up. God didn't pick just anyone to be Jesus' earthly father, the one to raise him here. He knew the type of person that Joseph was, and he specifically chose him for the task. God has specifically chosen you for this time and this place to be his light in the world that so desperately needs the love of God. The gift of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, 
There is no greater gift given to us and no greater gift that we can share because it is a gift of a future with hope. So what are your plans for Advent and Christmas this year? What are you preparing for this Advent season? What's the most important thing on your checklist? Does it include spending time with the Lord? Does it include preparing for his second coming? You see, we know about the first advent when Jesus came to earth. He was born, he lived, he was an example for us, and he died for our sins and he rose again. We know about that. But we also know that Jesus is coming again. Amen. Thank you. I'm going to say that one more time. Jesus is coming again. Oh, that that really doesn't do that justice. Jesus is coming again. All right. Because if Jesus, when the clouds open and Jesus comes down and say, oh, hi, Jesus. No, you're here. How are we going to greet Jesus? How are we going to greet him? With joy. Fall to our knees. What will we do? So as we prepare for his second coming, are we preparing for that? Are we planning for that? Or are we sitting back in our easy chairs, playing a game or messing on our phone? How do we prepare? First and foremost, by spending time with the Lord. In order to know someone, you have to spend time with them, and that means quality time. We gather here on Sunday mornings, and that's important, but equally important is the time you give to God each day. Remember the Israelites when they were roaming the desert? God provided manna, a type of bread. It was bread that kept them alive, but it was only enough for one day. Each day they had to gather more bread. And the same is true for us. Each and every day we need to be in the word of God being fed. Fed so we can go into the world and carry out the plans that God has for us. And Jesus said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Plan to spend more time with God this Advent season and into the new year so that God can continue to prepare you for what you are called to do in this journey of life. Do not be afraid. Be kind and compassionate, faithful and obedient to God, teaching the world about Jesus and providing manna for those in need of knowing the love of God. Amen. Let us pray. 
God, as we are here in this Advent season, we know that you have already come. The gift has already been given to us. But Lord, we await your second coming. It will be one that no one knows when you will come. But Lord, we know the promise that you will come again. Lord, we also know that this time of year is not easy for many people. It brings times of painful memories, memories when loved ones are no longer beside us. And so, Lord, I just ask for your comforting arms to embrace all those that are experiencing the pain and the sorrow at this time of year. May our eyes be open to see where we can reach out and touch someone with your light so that they can feel that love, that kindness and compassion that you gave to everyone. Lord, we pray that we can be humble, faithful, and obedient servants to you in this world. Lord, sometimes we think we have it all figured out and we're going to do it our way. But that isn't, that isn't what you want. You want us to constantly be seeking your guidance, your direction for what we should do. So Lord, we thank you so much for being our teacher and being our provider so that, Lord, we can be a witness in this world so that all God's children may come home together one day in the glory of heaven. In your precious name we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen.